Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hey, friend. So on this podcast, we are celebrating number 20, which is pretty exciting. Um... Doesn't feel like I've done 20 of these already. Um, I guess technically I've done 19, but um, I want to thank you guys for all sticking with me through this time, and uh, hopefully I can keep delivering better and better content over time. And if you've been here since episode one, special thank you to you. That's 20 episodes where you've dealt with me, and uh, that's pretty cool. So... I realized recently that I hadn't done much on arranging, and arranging was one of the main categories I wanted to do. And so we're going to talk about arranging today. Also, because I did notice, for some reason I thought, like, I'll do less stuff on arranging because it seemed like the interest level in it wasn't as high, but I re-looked at some of the podcast stats and realized that it does seem like people... uh, Definitely, I think it was number three for downloads or something, uh, the the previous arranging one that I did. So here's another one. I, I personally love arranging. I think it's it's just fascinating. It's almost it's it's almost like songwriting part two, sort of. It's 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 different, um, but it's it's similarly creative and yet so very different. Um, and it's, it's really exciting and it adds like this new level of, of excitement to sort of the songwriting process. And so that being said, we're going to go over five really important questions that I think there are to ask when you're arranging. And with this, I'm hoping to, to give some pretty good clarity on like, what, what it is, if, if you're kind of in a state of like, I don't even know how to begin with arranging, <clears throat> this this should answer a decent amount of those questions. Now, I will say that uh, number one necessary thing to know when it comes to arranging is music theory. So, and there's plenty of podcasts, and I'm, I'm about to make a new free guide um, also on music theory, and... Um, so between those previous posts and then the um, guide that I'm making right now that's going to be super awesome and super helpful, uh, between those two, um, I, would, I would go back and look at that because it's really important to understand specifically keys. Understanding keys is uh, very important for this. Um, so definitely be sure to do that. And besides that, uh, we're we're gonna dive right in. So first question is why is this instrument the right choice? So this begins uh, really with even what I like to call the main instrument. So sometimes, um, for me personally, when I'm uh, mixing, because um, for me, um, in in the process, just to boil it down real quick, usually uh, my process is more or less. Uh, this whole songwriting stage is a whole mix of like, maybe I sat at the piano and came up with a melody I liked and did something with it and then wrote lyrics 
and eventually had a whole chord progression and then figured out a different part. Or maybe I wrote a whole lyric first and then eventually found the right music for it. Or maybe I came up with a piano part that I really liked and then I figured out a melody over it. Or maybe I, you know, found a, a guitar chord progression I liked and then... So regardless of all that, that's kind of its own stage. And then when I start recording, uh, I'll start with what I call the main instrument, which is whichever instrument I wrote the song on. And then from there, I sort of do the arranging. So I write, I record that main instrument, which is what I wrote the song on. And then from there, um, I, I do the rest of the arranging. So, so for this, um, the, the important takeaway from that is main instrument. So main instrument to me is that instrument that is the heart of the song that regardless of whether you're you're in a band or what your situation is this is the instrument that if you were to play it acoustically you would go out and and play so you know if if you would sit at the piano and sing if it was an acoustic show um then that's in my mind probably the main instrument uh if it was an acoustic guitar that's probably the main instrument if uh the song doesn't quite feel right if it's not electric guitars power chords then that's probably the main instrument um so there's a little more nuance to it than just what you would play acoustically because the main instrument is not necessarily acoustic um but that's a good way to sort of figure out what that is and it's important to, to figure out what instrument as that main instrument is the right choice and often the right choice is what you wrote it on because um if you wrote it on piano it's probably meant to be a piano part because you wrote it as a piano part and it sounds good that way because that's how you wrote it and it that's how it sounded good to you which is why you made a whole song off of it um, but sometimes it's definitely worth checking out like okay but what if I try this part on acoustic guitar or what if I come up with an acoustic guitar part that goes with it that I actually like better than the piano part or you know it can be other instruments too but for the most part mo most of our songs are probably going to have main instrument of a guitar or a piano uh, you know, a violin, if you're going to sing vocals with it, is probably not going to be the main instrument. It certainly may be in there, um, but it's, it's rarely the main instrument. And drums and bass are almost always uh, sort of backup singers, if you will. Um, but then, besides that main instrument, you have to be intentional about the instrumentation in general. You know, the, a harmonica and a flute playing the same part will have a very different feel. And you have to be cognizant of that when you're choosing what to do. You can't just be like, well, I, I, here's the guitar part, so um, I guess the piano part's next. Well, uh, well, pause. You know, Is it really a, a piano part that's needed here? Maybe it should be a synth part. Maybe it needs to be an, another acoustic guitar part. Maybe it needs to be an electric guitar part. Maybe it needs to be a violin or a flute uh, or harmonica. So it's important to sort of figure out what is the right choice for some of these instruments and do not feel compelled like oh i need to have bass guitar in this song do you you don't necessarily need that um you don't necessarily need electric guitar you don't necessarily need a piano um and that's true of anything even drums right like we, we sort of think of drums as the thing we take for granted like oh it's just there well maybe just a heartbeat style kick drum where it's just kind of that constant which that probably sounds really obnoxious in the microphone, but you know, when it's just that sort of heartbeat, every downbeat kick drum, um, and you don't even need the rest of the kit, or maybe you'd use a cajon 
or or so, some some other um, rhythm instrument. For, you know, maybe triangle. First of all, why? But you know, whatever. It's up to you. If you want just the triangle for it, that's fine. Um, so so take nothing for granted and always ask yourself, is this instrument really the right choice? Because sometimes, you know, a cajon, for example, might be really good with uh, a sort of mellow acoustic song because it's, it's, it's less aggressive than a drum kit usually. Um, and that's going to be true with so many instruments. And it's just important to ask that question. Why is this instrument for this part I'm working on? Why is this instrument the right choice? And don't be afraid to change that choice later down the road if you realize, eh, maybe this other thing would be better. Don't be afraid to do that. Um, second question, what is the job of this part? Now, this is, this, some, some of this is where it's going to get really important. So... You can't have too many stars. So I'm going to give you a, a couple analogies here. So first of all, if you're a sports person, you've probably seen throughout your years uh, super teams. And super teams, for those who might not be into sports, and I feel it's straightforward, but just to make sure, um, a super team is usually the concept of like a bunch of stars get together on one team, and it's just like, well, this team is just has talent way higher than than any other team around us. Um, you know, like the Golden State Warriors recently would be an example of that, where it's like, you know, three of the best six, seven players in the league are all on one team, which is a little ridiculous when there's only five guys on the court at any time in basketball. Um, so very often in sports, it's known that like super teams don't necessarily work. And there's a reason for that. It's because there's too many stars, too many people that they want their hands on the ball. But, you know, there's only so much time in a game. There's only so many shots to take. And not everybody can can be the star. And often stars also are sort of that type A personality or, or just some other type of personality that sort of wants the glory or whatever. And, you know, when you're the star of a team, you know, you, you can shine and it'd be great. Um, but sometimes if, you know, there's three stars or even two stars on a team, uh, like when Kobe and Shaq were together, you know, that didn't end well at all. Um, it's, it's sort of a battle between the two and then it doesn't work out and the team breaks apart. And it's sort of the same thing with, you know, when those movie trailers come out and it's star studded, you know, it's just one star after the other, after the other. And at the end of the trailer, that's usually when they show like the list of 10 names that you're like, you love and recognize all of these names. And I don't know about you, but for me, when I see that, I'm like, oh, so it's going to be a terrible movie. And they're trying to like make up for it with a star studded cast. Or they just all feel sort of disappointing. Like, oh, well, okay. You know, this, this had this big shot star, but he had five minutes of screen time. So whatever. So both of those are sort of an example of, of what I'm talking about here with like every part has a job and not every part can be the star. It just can't. You can't have like five lead guitars that all star. You know what I mean? Like, like a person can only pay attention to so many things. So if there's a vocal going on, realistically, there's maybe one or two other parts that can star in quotes at the same time. So, you, you know, the listener's not going to be like, oh, dude, what a great bass part and be humming along to the bass part while they're also listening to the vocal melody, while they're also, you know, moving their arm to the piano part, while they're also, 
you know, I, I don't know, whistling somehow at the same time, the lead guitar, you know what I mean? Like, like there's only so many things that can fill that lead role, that, that star role. So you need to understand that not every part is meant to fit that. And that's fine. That's good. We need things to fill the background. We need things to star. We need things to sort of sit in that middle ground where it's really filling in the mix. It's not necessarily way in the background, but it's, it's, it's also not the star of the show. And I mean, I mean, really drums and bass are, are sort of the epitome of that, right? Like Unless you're a bass player, you probably don't notice the bass part in a song. But guess what? If we took the bass part out, you would definitely notice. You'd be like, oh, something's missing. What, what is wrong with this? It just doesn't sound full. It doesn't sound, it doesn't sound that good. And that was because we took away the bass. But guess what? It wasn't being the star. It was just doing its job. And its job usually. I mean, obviously there are exceptions. There are some sweet bass lines out there that, you know, are, are maybe even the main... Um, they're almost the main hook of the song, but you know, besides those, most songs or a lot of songs, you know, the bass is, is sort of just there and it fills in the mix and it's important. Like it's not, it's not that that part isn't important. It's just not a star like, like in football, right? Like, sorry for the sports analogy again, but, but for football, nobody is excited when you draft an offensive lineman in the first round of the draft. They're just not. They're like, oh, a big guy that, that blocks for the quarterback. Big whoop. Right? But everybody's stoked when you get a running back because that's flashy. You're going to see him and he's going to run for five yards and you're going to be like, yeah, what a running back. Or a wide receiver because he's tall and he's going to catch balls in an incredible way and get touchdowns. And, you know, quarterback goes without saying. And corners get a lot of credit and, and pass rushers do because they get sacks. But, like... Nobody appreciates the the offensive lineman um, because when he's doing his job, you don't notice anything, right? Like when the offensive tackle is doing his job, you just you, you just the quarterback has to do his job and everything just goes smoothly. But you don't notice that. You only notice when he doesn't do his job and the quarterback gets sacked. And and that's kind of exactly what I'm talking about here. Where like it, it's it's not important for that person to be a star. It's important for that person to do their job, and that doesn't have any bearing on how important they are. Because you could easily argue that an offensive line is more important than, you know, wide receivers, or or like very much could argue those things. But they're not the star. So star and importance are two very different things. So don't think that I'm I'm saying like oh well this instrument needs to star and everything's less important. No, no, like all of the parts are important important and you need to learn to not judge the value of a part based on whether it's a star or not because it has nothing to do with it um and if the job of the part is to sit in the background or to sort of fill in the mix or to you know be a high part because most of your instruments are very mid mid heavy or lower instruments uh, then that's what its job is which sort of fits into this this third question which is where does this part fit into the arrangement is it in the forefront? Is it in the background? Is it filler? Which filler is what I call a part that like you don't notice it, but it's there. Because um, usually if you're listening to a song right now, or if you were listening to a song earlier, you probably noticed three or four parts. You notice the vocal, 
you might have noticed the drums, and maybe you did notice the bass, even if you don't really know the part, but you, you know, you noticed it was there probably. And then you noticed a lead guitar or maybe another guitar. But guess what? There's a lot more instruments in there that you didn't even notice. Like there might be 10 guitars in there, but you only noticed two of them. And filler is sort of what that other stuff is. It's just, just sort of fills in the mix and makes it, makes it shine a little bit more, makes it feel full, more full, even if you don't notice them. And then, you know, obviously there's lead parts, which lead parts are the type of thing that I like to think of a lead part as something that somebody might sing in the shower or, or hum in the shower, right? A lead guitar part is, it's very melodic usually, uh, you know, lead vocal, obviously. Um, and so for, for where does this part fill in the arrangement is the question we're on. And besides that, we also have pitch ranges, right? Like you can't have all the instruments in the mid cause then it's just going to sound muddy and they're all going to clash. And you have to think of it like a chart. Think of it like a chart where you have pan, which if you don't know what pan is, pan is basically, you know, left speaker, right speaker. So pan left to right, which is anywhere from center to all the way on your right, all the way on your left. And, and then up and down on this chart is how high the instrument is in the pitch spectrum. You know, is it in like the sixth octave or the seventh or eighth octave? Or is it very much a bass part in that second octave? Or third or or first, maybe even. And and that's a part of where does this part fit? Because you can't have everything in the mids. You can't have everything in the highs. Or I mean, you can, but usually not a good idea. And you need to sort of spread it out. Like maybe think to yourself, oh, well, I already have an acoustic guitar part, which is probably pretty mid. I have a piano part pretty mid and I have a guitar, uh, electric guitar part that's pretty mid and my vocals pretty mid. Oh, I, I need a higher part. You know, I, I need something to sort of fill in the top end of the mix. And it's important to think in that way where sometimes I even almost lay it out like, okay, this octave already has one or two parts. And then, you know, an octave, three octaves higher has a part and one one lower and two lower has a part, but then there's two octaves in between there that's above what I'm looking at right now, but is below that three octaves higher part. And, uh, I should fill those in a little bit. Not that you need something in every octave that goes into whether you decide, you know, how dense or sparse you want the mix, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but it's important to be thinking about this. You don't want everything to be in the same pitch range. And similarly, the, you know, there can be parts that are a little more rhythmic, you know, where they're playing notes in a rhythm way, um, or soundscape as a soundscape can, can be so far as like, literally it's just a synth that's held for the whole song that sort of just is there. Right. Cause then there's no rhythm whatsoever. It's just, it's just, it's just a drone really. Um, or, you know, an electric guitar that's sort of just, you, you pick it every quarter note or every you know, so fast that you can't even, you know, a 16th note or something so fast. And with the delay that's on it and everything, it sort of just feels like a constant hum, um, or, you know, something, something very rhythmic and then higher, low energy, you know, there might be a part that sort of adds energy to the song. And then there might be a part that sort of just sits there and kind of is, is calming. And, 
And all of this fits into that question of where does this part fit into the arrangement? Is this something that's meant to calm the arrangement a little bit? Is this something that's meant to increase the energy? Is it, where does it fit in the pitch spectrum? Is it, is it a high part to sort of add a little more excitement in the top end of the mix? What is it? And then, and then question number four is, is when should each part come in? And the general rule of thumb here is usually you want to give something new for the listener to, to hear every four measures or so, and definitely every eight measures for sure. Um, and you don't necessarily, you know, there's, there's different ways to change things up every four measures. You know, some, sometimes it might be changing up how you sing the melody a little bit. Um, maybe it's adding an extra instrument. Sometimes it's just changing what an instrument's doing. Um, you know, for the first part of a verse, you might have the electric guitar doing one thing and then the electric guitar sort of changes after four measures. And so the four measure thing is really just a a good rule of thumb of like, if you're wondering like, Oh, I I feel like I got bored during, you know, during the second verse for some reason, I wonder why, uh, something to look at is, Oh, did, did you give a little something new? It, It doesn't have to be a big thing, right? It can be super subtle. It might not even be something that anybody would ever pick out, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not important because sometimes we subconsciously notice like, oh, something changed to make me still interested. I don't know what it is, but, you know, it's there. Um, and sometimes looking at that four measure rule can sort of help you with that. And also for asking when each part should come in, it's an important question for 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 building a song, right? So building like building energy and making it feel like a bigger song or, 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 or reducing the energy and sort of calming down and, and, uh, being a little more intimate, if you will. And, and it can help with changes in tone too. Like maybe, you know, the first verse and the third verse are going to have the same melody and the same chords probably. Um, but you can very much change the tone of the first and third vo- verse just just by maybe changing the instrumentation of them, and maybe not even that, just, just changing the type of parts that are played. Maybe in the first verse there was a lot of excitement in the guitar parts, but then by the third one it's sort of sort of lazy and just just sort of very atmospheric. And little changes like that can make a huge difference. And understanding when each part should come in, like maybe, maybe if there was a lot of excitement in the first verse, but the third verse is very pensive and something horrible's happened and it really, or, or maybe you're just really, you know, thinking deeply and musing at, at this point in the song, uh, then it, it calls for a, a different arrangement. You don't want those excited sounding instruments. You want, you want something that, that sounds maybe darker or maybe just more pensive. And then the, the fifth and last question. So if you've noticed... I've done the why, what, where, when, and now how, but uh, to go over again really fast, why is this instrument the right choice? What is the job of this part? Where does that this part fit into the arrangement? When should each part come in? And then this fifth one is how do I know when to stop? And that's an interesting question because it depends. Um... All of these questions depend, but, but this one is very much song specific and, and your personal taste specific. Maybe you like sparse arrangements that, you know, is basically just a guy with his guitar singing or, you know, a girl at the piano with also a a cello. 
and you know maybe a little bit of synth filler in there but but you know largely very sparse or maybe if you're anything like me and sometimes you try to do a sparse arrangement but still end up just layering in guitars and other stuff because you're so obsessed with like sort of the epic build and the the emotive um melodies and and growing and then and then coming back down and changing the energy and um so so i i very much tend towards towards dense arrangements uh personally even sometimes i just can't help it but um but knowing when to stop is, is a very sort of personal question and then something that is a question of what the song demands um, so for a lot of the music I write, um, it, it, it does tend to, to have large leaps in energy. Like the range, the pitch range that I'm singing my verses in versus choruses usually is usually quite large. I, I would not say most of my songs, I give zero craps about their singability, if you will. Like, like I don't write a song that somebody, if they were, you know, if it was on the radio, I don't write a song that is like, oh, I want everybody to be able to sing along. Like most normal, you know, non-singers would have to, you know, go down the octave and, you know, it, it's, I don't really think about the singability per se, but, um, the point of that is, is that, um, for me, dense tends to be the right the right choice for the type of emotions I'm going for, which is which is is usually building to something really large and sort of epic feeling in the choruses and sometimes the bridge, and and the verses are usually more pensive, um, so that's where there's a little bit more of a sparse arrangement, and th- there's just a lot of taste here, and you, and 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 the key to sparse really is usually fewer instruments. And then sort of maybe more of a pitch range with instruments. Like a very sparse arrangement example might be a piano, which is usually very mid, and your voice, which is also usually going to be pretty mid, um, depending. Um, Usually a little less mid if if it's a female singer. And... um, and, and a violin, for example, that might be a couple octaves higher, and then and then maybe uh, a bass part, which is, you know, an octave or two lower, and then that's it. You know, it's pretty sparse. There's a lot of space in between the instruments compared to, you know, a rock song which might have six guitars all in the like mids, and then you know another six guitars one octave higher in the next two octaves, and and that's just that last thing to think about is at what point are you done? And I think you're done when with the mix, you can keep the listener engaged and interested throughout the whole song. Cause really the purpose of arrangement is to give the song sort of some body, give it, you know, if it needs to be filled out, if it needs to, you know, if, if, if your chorus needs that bigger feel and, you know, just you sitting at a piano won't quite do it. Like that's sort of the job of arrangement is to, to fill in the gaps, to fill in those little emotions, to keep the interest. And those are sort of the things that you need to think about when you're arranging. Thanks for listening to the songwriter theory podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. 
If you want to jumpstart your songwriting, be sure to download my free guide on 10 proven ways to start writing a song at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Whether you're brand new to songwriting or a seasoned vet, this guide will help you to avoid staring at a blank page wondering where to start. Even if you just want to figure out some different ways to start writing a song, this free guide is for you.